0: From the old National Bank State Street studio, you're listening to Waddle and Sylvie on the new home of the Chicago Bears. ESPN Chicago. WMBP, WSHE, HD2, Chicago. A good karma brands radio station. Tomorrow
1: at this time, we're going to be out in Warrenville at Twin Peaks. Make sure you join us. If you're out in that area, come on by 2 to 6. We'll be there all day tomorrow for the show. Break up the work week. little hump day action. Yes, indeed. The Nissan Titan Street Team will be there. They'll have some uh, great little prizes to give away. But the big prize is being with us. That is a prize. On a Wednesday. I'm so thankful every day I can't even begin to put it into words. Eat, drinks, and scenic views. You better believe it. I'm glad you have that appreciation for me these days. I'm saying us just in general. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, so tomorrow at uh, Twin Peaks in Warrenville, Waddle and me, will be out there. We'll be lots, there, smiling. Lots to discuss. Um, it's Connor Bedard Day, happy Connor we'll, Bedard Day to everybody. We'll be breaking down what we see tonight. Yeah, and uh, the Blackhawks are ba- back on the map. Uh, we're going to talk to good time Patty Boyle coming up in uh, about a half hour. From we'll right tell out. him what to expect tonight. You know it. We should break it down. We should, for him, we should say... That, this is the 10. way it's
2: going to
1: go. This is the way it's going to go. Here are some tips for tonight's pregame show because he's got it. Pre and post. Uh, he's got pre and post even though the game's on ESPN. He's the man to watch. He's got some new uh, people on his uh, pre and post game yes, shows. And as we've described him as a man with maybe the most difficult
2: job in, in Chicago sports over the last couple of years, he deserves what he's, what he's got on his hands Right now, and that is one of the most exciting young players in all sports.
1: Yes. It's, uh, he deserves it. I think it's going to be Camp Miss. That's for sure. And then tomorrow we're going to talk to Eddie Olchuk. Um, I'm going to play you. This, this caught my attention today. This, include, does, uh, this includes uh, Cap in the beginning, doesn't it? So Cap had Albert Pereira on with uh, J-Hood, Cap and J-Hood, every uh, morning right here, 7 to 10. And they have Albert Breer on Tuesdays at 8.30. And so Cap was um, telling Breer about him talking to Rick Spielman. Rick Spielman, I don't know if you remember, at one time worked in the personnel department here in with the Bears. Is that when you were here? Was this after no, you were
2: no, here? No, I, I don't think while I was here, no.
1: I would think he was one of Mark Hatley's assistants. Rick Spielman, if you remember, um, Chris is his brother. Chris played in the NFL. Rick went to SIU. He was a football player at SIU. He won a national championship in 1983 with my Salukis. And then he, he had a long career in front offices around the NFL, including a long time as the general manager with the Minnesota Vikings. From 2012 to 2021, yeah. he was with the Vikings.
2: Long time guy. He was with the Bears from 97 to 99.
1: Was he with the Dolphins, too, with Wanstead? He was with the Dolphins in 2002
2: to 2003 as a senior vice president of football ops and then their general manager for one year in 2004.
1: So he, he was around the block for a long time in the NFL. And uh, Cap tells a story about talking to Spielman. And and this is what he heard and then listened to Breer's reaction. They're talking about Caleb Williams. And and remember, look, right now it looks like the Bears have the best chance to get the number one pick with Carolina's uh, first pick.
3: Analysts that I really respect. I talked to Rick Spielman yesterday. He'd been a GM of two different NFL teams, and he's had, what, 40 years in the NFL? I think he knows football. He said... If you told me right now, based on the, the knowledge we have of him today and those prospects when they were drafted, not what they became when they were drafted, he said, I'd take today's Caleb Williams ahead of Joe Burrow, ahead of Trevor Lawrence, he'd be 1B to 1A of Andrew Luck, and I'd take him ahead of Peyton Manning at the time they were drafted.
4: Are you hearing similar stuff in the league? Yeah. I mean, I, I would say, so in my time covering the league, I think there are two quarterback prospects that were seen I would say, at a level above everyone else. And just the way that I've heard scouts talk to them, talk about them the way that um, as cloud clean they were um, and how sure everybody was that they were going to make it. Those two are Andrew Locke and Trevor Lawrence. I additionally would say uh, just having talked to enough people who are older than me that, like, John Elway and Peyton Manning, in my lifetime, were in that group. So there are four, right? John Elway, Peyton Manning, uh, Trevor Lawrence, and Andrew Luck. I think Caleb Williams makes it five. And he's very different than those other guys. He's a different style of player. Um, but, you know, I, I, I think you know, in, in just about every way, he fits into that group. If, you know, you're talking about how scouts talk about them before their draft, how there was anticipation for them coming out um, well ahead of them going into the draft. And so, yes. And I, 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 would go so far as to say this. I think the list of teams that wouldn't take him if they had the first overall pick is really, really short, like maybe a handful. I think every other team would either offload their starter or just manage it with their starter to get Caleb Williams, that's how good a prospect okay. I, you know. I I think he is. Say the five again. So it's him, Andrew Luck, him, Andrew Luck, Trevor Lawrence, Peyton Manning, John Elway. In my lifetime, I was born in 1980. Not to wow. Let everybody know how old I am. But yeah, I would say my <laughs> lifetime. And I, and I think like if you talk to enough scouts who've been around for a long time, they would they would concur that. And this isn't like every team's assessment, but they would concur that like the. The four quarterbacks who there was the strongest consensus on, um, you know, ahead of their draft year, those four uh, would be in that group. And I haven't, like, done all the work as far as calling everybody and all that different stuff. But I talked to these guys enough, and I try to get ahead of these things enough, that, you know, I knew when Andrew Luck was coming out, I knew when Trevor Lawrence was coming out, that they were they were going to be sort of in that category. And I feel the same way about old boy
1: thought it was
2: interesting. Yeah, I mean, you've heard a lot of very flowery (laughs) comments about him. I wonder if people, too, like I'm guilty of it, and I haven't studied him. But you see he plays the position a lot like Patrick Mahomes does in a lot of ways, I think. And it's hard not to be enamored with him and connect those dots because of how great Patrick Mahomes has been. Maybe that's, you know, one of the draws as well, just kind of on the surface. When I watch him play, he does some of the crazy stuff with the arm angles and throwing off platform and all the other different things that Patrick does. And it's not fair to compare him to Patrick Mahomes because Patrick Mahomes has done it on the, on the biggest stage in, in all of football. But I think that there are people that watch Caleb Williams play, and they see Patrick Mahomes at least in his style as well.
1: Yeah, yeah, and then look, we 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 got a long way to go before we really get down and dirty into scouting all this. And you got so in.
2: many good options, though. I mean, honestly, like they've they've got their number one. They've got the Carolina Panthers number one. You got time. You got cap space. Mm-hmm. You could trade this. You could trade that. Like. We're usually stuck in a bind where we don't have
1: many options. Now we have a ton season. of options. Yep. Yep. Uh, Tim in Atlanta, you're on ESPN 1000. What's up, Tim? Hey guys, um, I heard
5: a caller come in and, and talk about how, like, you know, the situation of Justin Fields, those 30 plus touchdowns, proves to you he's a good quarterback. You know, it takes you NFC Championship game, and then the notion of, of trading him away um, at the end of the season for for picks. This is just the most ridiculous, most Bears fan, and, and I'm one of them, take of all time, that you would get a good quarterback who we've been searching for for 40 years nearly. Get a good quarterback, proves to you he's good, takes you deep in the playoffs, and then you say, we don't need you, let's trade you away for a theoretical quarterback in Caleb Williams. You know, like, I understand the, the comps are out on Williams and that he, he looks incredible, and, and that's great, but... It, it, it's just—it's such a privilege to be in a situation where you have a quarterback that you have to figure out. Like, we want to sign him long term. How can we make this contract as team-friendly as possible so we don't screw over the rest of the team? Like, that's a blessing to be in that situation, and we've been dying for it for 40 years. And you get one, and now you want to give him away? That—that's that, absolutely insane for for a theoretical quarterback in Caleb. Well, Williams. well, there's a lot of
1: advancements here we're making, and a lot of assumptions. But again, like, we're, we're also talking about are possibly trading a a player who may be good to very good and trading him at a high point for someone who could be generational. 100%. And that's a fair point. I I tell you what,
5: if you're in the blessed situation that you end up in the NFC Championship game, Justin Fields proves he's great, and you happen to have that Panthers number one pick, great. Draft Caleb Williams, too, and see how it shakes out. No, No better situation to be in than a team with two great quarterbacks and, and, and no rush to move them, and, and you move Justin or you move Caleb, depending on how it works out. But just the thought of getting a good quarterback and giving him away for something that is unpromised. You know, we've, we've all seen the prospects in the NFL at quarterback that just don't work out, no matter how good their comps are. It just, it's frustrating as a Bears fan to hear the the thought of trading away a good quarterback. That, so, the, yeah, that was um, a,
1: that was the fan. Look, I don't think Waddle and I brought up them being in the NFC Championship game. <laughs> like, if they miraculously go to the NFC Championship game, I think you found your quarterback. Yes. I, and that was that, my point earlier, yeah, is, is yeah. that if you get yeah. to that
2: point and you get to the NFC Championship with this roster— it's going to be in large part because your quarterback did some Herculean things. And he'll probably be 100%. in the MVP candidate. And at that point, yes, you you will use your draft currency and go in a different direction. If that's how this season We were goes. talking
1: about, though, if he continues well, he to grow and they win five, six, seven games and you end up with a number one I,
2: pick. I tend to feel the way that Robert Mays does. And Mays has said, look, I mean, you see progress and I see progress as well. But unless you see really significant progress, it's going to be hard for the existing staff up there that didn't draft the current quarterback to forego the opportunity to draft someone like Caleb Williams if, in fact, they have the first overall pick. So I think you asked him the question yesterday, Mays, what would it take? It would take
1: something even significantly more than what you've seen to this point. Yes. Someone who I wanted to go to this caller next, I think they dropped off. Someone in the question... If Fields continues to really grow, what happens to the coaching staff? I think that's the only way they survive. If they win some games and Fields grows, and they elect to keep Fields, it still pulls his guy. Yeah, I because I my belief is. If you change quarterbacks, you must change the coach. I feel the the same way. Yeah. I mean,
2: I don't think you're going to keep the
1: coach if you change the
2: quarterback position. You
1: you can't. Well, they've done that before, but. Well, I I wouldn't do it. No, no. Neither would I. I think that's for sure. And I still am not sold on the coach, but. Listen, they have won one game this year uh, and
2: one game in the last 15 tries. There is still so much that needs to be determined. I get it. We're projecting, but, like, there's a long way to go before anybody. Th- I would say this to anyone out there thinking about careening from one extreme to the other. How did you feel about this team and this quarterback after the, the, the Chiefs game? Now how do you feel about things? That's It
1: took not even two weeks. It was 12 days. What are we going to be thinking in two weeks from now? We'll find out. Yeah, I don't know. John and Link in the Hills. You're on ESPN 1000. What's up, Johnny?
6: How are you guys doing? We're good. So my point is, those other quarterbacks that he talked about—they're like six four, the shortest and lucked. Others are six six. K. Williams is six one listed. He's probably only six foot. And that all these quarterbacks that Lincoln Riley's had, what have they done in the pros? I mean, Baker Mayfield was the number one pick overall. He got dropped by his team. You know, you're, we're picking something that we don't know and, and something that we got. If Justin keeps on playing the way he's playing, I think you take. You build the team the right way, you take the draft picks, you get your defensive line, your offensive line strong like Detroit and, and Miami and the Eagles did. You got to go play football with football, not just the pick of the day of quarterbacks. Every, every year there's going to be all these quarterbacks and they don't all pan out.
2: Uh, I would say this to you, John, just kind of for comparison's sake. Jalen Hurts was the quarterback at Oklahoma when Lincoln Riley was there.
0: And
6: yeah, and where would he be if he wasn't on the Eagles? Well, that know was just, already because they, they drafted well. Just giving they you the size-wise the as well. well,
2: he's also of comparable size to, to, to the kid in USC.
6: So, right. I'm not saying his size won't make it, but the teams that you go to are built for it. The Bears right now, they still need an offensive line and a defensive line.
1: You sound like an offensive line coach. Are you an offensive line coach?
6: I coached offense, period.
1: Specializing in the line? What? Specializing in the line? You sound like a big man.
2: Uh... (laughs) No, I played fullback. Oh, fullback. That's a big man. Okay, yeah.
1: That's a big man. Yeah, you could throw your weight all around saying, a little All I'm saying, John,
2: is it's like you asked the question about his size. He's the same size. Caleb so I, I was pointing out his size. I wasn't asking. But those other guys they're talking
6: about, once in a lifetime, guys, were all yeah. real tall. My bad. My bad.
2: You're right. You, were, you, were, you weren't asking. You were just saying. You're right.
6: Yeah, they're real tall guys. I mean, and they're great talents, but we don't know if this guy's going to be it. And only two of those guys ever won a Super Bowl. And
2: that's after that team built them around them. Got anything more for him, Ronald? No, I was just pointing out statistical facts. Yeah. Or just, like, he talked about Lincoln Riley. Jalen Hurts came from the Oklahoma team with Lincoln Riley. Jalen Hurts is 6'1", 220 pounds. About the, I think he's probably a little heavier than Caleb Williams. But just was drawing, just giving you information. Just to process. Yeah. Okay, thanks. You're welcome. See you, John. I mean, like, you guys he say, go out for dinner. Didn't he say something like, who is Lincoln Riley ever coached that, you know,
1: I mean, that's where that's Jalen Hurts. Ohio. It's the new Ohio State thing. Yeah. The, the Lincoln Riley coach, None of Lincoln Riley quarterbacks ever turned out. But Lincoln out. Riley's quarterback at o- Oklahoma
2: for that final year of right, his college right. year was Jalen Hurts. And he kind of is the same size as Caleb Williams. That's all I'm saying. Like, Look, I'm not trying to dispute whether or not that Caleb Williams is going to be a superstar, but those are just your facts.
1: He was calling with his play sheet in his headset. He probably was. <laughs> Fullbacks are big guys, too. Oh, no. I don't want to mess with that. Fullback's
7: yeah. an extension of the offensive line, too. Let's be honest. That's true.
1: Uh, Meller, let's uh, get to your waiver wire. It is brought to you by Talamor. Talamor. Talamor, dude. Tullamore, Talamor.
7: Oh, uh, yes, boys. Week six waiver wire wrap up for the folks out there. For your fantasy league, you need a little bit of help. I'm here to give it to you. Grada Wilson did not help me, by the way. Yeah. that? who was it? Michael Wilson. Last week he was uh, MIA. Where not was great,
8: Michael Wilson. Michael From Wilson, Arizona. Yeah. Um. Still,
7: don't you know what though? I don't get rid of him. That was part. I think the Cardinals ran into uh, the Bengals at the wrong time. Um, but, yeah, you may want to put him on the bench for right now. Don't Joe Burrow start morphed into Joe Burrow. Yeah, he looks healthy again. Um, let's go back to another Cardinals uh, player, Sylvie, since he had so much fun last week. Imari DiMarcato. Di DiMarcato. That's E-M-A-R-I. Di DiMarcato. He is the running back who stands to gain the most number of touches now that James Conner has been placed on injured reserve by the cardinals and of course at this point in the season most folks usually need some help at running back so if you need one he's available in 94 percent of leagues if you would have played cardinal or not a cardinal i would have lost i would have no idea who he was uh yes so uh, he had 10 carries for 45 yards and a touchdown last week after connor left the game so he's probably going to be the likely uh lead runner for the cardinals at least for the next four or five weeks here also running back help how about deontay Foreman? We all know here that uh, Khalil Herbert is going to miss at least a couple of weeks in all likelihood. Roshan Johnson still currently in concussion protocol. I think Roshan obviously is the guy who you'd want to start if you have a choice between him and Foreman. But he's only available in 25% of leagues. If you're in deeper leagues and you need some help, Deontay Foreman might be the lead runner this week if Roshan Johnson doesn't clear concussion protocol. They're going to run the ball too. I would think so, right? I
2: wouldn't be shocked if he had 90, 100 yards in this game. Who, Foreman or... Well, if Roshan's Rochon. not able to go... Where's Roshan at? Where, where, what's his Well, status? it's
7: concussion protocol. They don't right. really... you know. So we'll, we'll find out I more tomorrow. I think
2: Foreman's a good pick uh, Yeah, that's yeah. what I'm saying. He's, yeah.
7: he's available in 88% of leagues. He's been inactive the last couple weeks, but this will give you a chance uh, if... You know, we know Herbert's going to be out. So uh, one more running back for the folks out there. Jeff Wilson. He's available in 63% of leagues. The Dolphins have open Wilson
2: guy, isn't he? Mm. <laughs>
7: Wilson! He's uh. Jeff Wilson has the 21-day the window for him to return from injured reserve has opened for the Dolphins. As we know, Devon Achan is going to miss at least a couple of weeks with the injury that he suffered. So we all know the Dolphins are just explosive on offense. Wilson doesn't look like he'll play this week, but, again, you want to get ahead of it, he could be uh, somebody who benefits greatly in the upcoming weeks. couple wide receivers, K.J. Osborne. Of course, with Jeff Justin Jefferson now on injured reserve, good, good good news for the Bears. Bad news for Jefferson fantasy owners. Osborne has had some. He scored twelve touchdowns in his career. He's a big play threat at times. He's not going to be. He's not going to step in and do exactly what Jefferson did. Nobody will.
1: Cousins likes him though.
7: Exactly. I, I every time I've seen Osborne get get a chance to play some extended reps. He usually does pretty well, so like, if you're looking for a guy 5 for 70 and maybe a touchdown, I think K.J. Osborne could be your solution. One more wide receiver for the folks out there. Josh Downs in Indianapolis, especially without Anthony Richardson for a few weeks. I think Gardner Minshew, the passing offense probably works a little bit better right now. Downs
2: is the rookie out of North Carolina.
7: Yes, and he had a pretty big week last week with Minshew throwing him the ball, so Josh Josh Downs, available in 85% of leagues. And then one final tight end name for folks out there, Logan Thomas. I know tight end's kind of a wasteland for the fantasy position, but Logan Thomas had a big week for Washington against the Bears last week. So if you're looking to throw a dart, Logan Thomas could be a solution.
1: Usually there's an injury right around the corner for for him, isn't there? Yes, yes, that that is true. He's had trouble staying healthy throughout the year. Did he have
2: concussion issues a while back? Was it concussions? I thought he was. He it
1: might probably be. he's had I mean, multiple injuries yeah. throughout. No, Sylvie's right about that. He, he's had trouble staying healthy but
7: throughout his head. While career. he's healthy, he's he's a fairly productive yeah. player, so
1: yeah. there okay. you go. There you go. Um we'll talk to uh we'll talk to a uh, good time Patty Boyle. We'll tell him what to expect tonight. Yeah, let's break it down for him. That's what we do here. Um Connor Bedard, one of the biggest debuts in Chicago sports. In a long, long time. He debuts tonight on ESPN. But our guy, Good Time Patty Boyle, has his pre- and post-game shows working tonight on NBC Sports Chicago. He'll tell us what to expect. Uh, Our teammate, Good Time Patty Boyle, coming up next.
2: Businesses are successful when they control their bottom line. And that's why more businesses across northern Illinois are partnering with the ComEd Energy Efficiency Program to save on energy costs. Learn more at comed.com slash poweringbiz.
0: Follow Chicago's Home for Sports on Twitch at ESPN 1000 Chicago. Waddle and Sylvie are back on Chicago's Home for Sports, ESPN Chicago.
1: The Blackhawks are back. Connor Bedard is here. That means our guy. Good time, Patty Boyle, is back. All eyes are going to be on his pregame shows, postgame shows. And uh, even though tonight's game is on ESPN, he is still doing his pregame show and his postgame show. Well, that's what I want. I want the local flavor. Yes, you do. You need a good time, Patty Boyle, in your life. The more, the merrier. Yeah. Are there more Patty Boyles than we know? There will be tonight. (laughs) I think there's only one, though. Well, then I get to see him twice, before the game and after the game. And he joins us right now in the Car X Tire and Auto Hotline. Do you want us to break this down before you break this down?
3: I've been listening to you guys break it down much of the show. Uh, Nothing tickles me more than listening to you two. Breaking down hockey yeah. and we playing agree. that glorious open. We agree.
2: Nothing no. tickles
1: tickles us more than to break down a little hockey. We are here. It's a public service. We yeah. consider it a public, public service. service. Right. We're doing.
2: Well, we're doing God's work. Thanks for having me on the hockey
1: show. I appreciate yeah. it. <laughs> um, how I, like in, in all seriousness, uh, PB. How excited are you, and not only as somebody who who does this for a living, just someone who loves hockey and the Blackhawks?
3: I'm beyond my wildest dreams as far as how excited I am about it. it I feel like it's what I'm doing is relevant again. You know, <laughs> like I had the best job forever when they were winning three cups in six seasons, and then you know, like anything else, you, there's a the downturn in sports and. Because it's, it's hockey and it's the fourth-place team uh, league, I should say, that you know, uh, when you're not relevant, you kind of drop off the face of the earth a little bit. So you know, this team has certainly gone through some issues over the last several years. Uh, and what happened in this offseason, winning that lottery and having a generational player in Connor Bedard available when you had the first overall pick. Is uh, is the hockey gods smiling upon this franchise? And and you know we go from 16 years of, of Patrick Kane and and watching you know his Hall of Fame skill on a, on a nightly basis, and we transition to what many think is is going to be a player that's even even better than Patrick Kane, if you can imagine that.
2: Well, what are you ex- when when this? this ride is over, what would you consider? Because, Sylvian, we, we had this conversation earlier. To think that anyone would say, hey, if he's not even better than Patrick Kane, then you'd be slightly disappointed. W- what do you predict, ultimately, this ride will be like?
3: Wow. Well, you know, I um, I tend to lean towards the guys that play the game right now and that are elite players. And when they are talking about somebody like this at age 18, I take notice. Um, You know, we see a lot of number one picks overall in a lot of different leagues every single year. And we know there's there's the bust factor. Uh, It doesn't seem to me at all that there's any chance of that happening. Could he not maybe reach generational talent? Yeah, I guess I guess he could. But by all accounts, by what he has done at every step, you know he's exceeded expectations. And even what I saw in the preseason, I, re- I really like. You know, he led the team in points. He had four assists and a goal in uh, in four games. Um, you know, this is a this is a league where if you're a a little over a point per game player or point a per game player, you're going to go to the Hall of Fame. So. You know, right now he's on a bad team. And I, I think what the, let's say the uh, the fan that's been pulled back into the Blackhawks because of Bedard coming to Chicago, I think they have to just temper their expectations a little bit. Because this player is here doesn't mean the Cup is coming next summer or even the summer after that. or, or we're, we're like a year or so away from them. Really, even being considered a wild card contender, mm. and then they're two to three years away from being a cup contender, and this has been this has expedited their plan. The hardest thing in sports is what to find a, a true starting quarterback in the National Football League. You guys have been discussing it at nauseum for as long as you guys have been on the air. Uh, the Blackhawks won those cups. Yeah, they had a generational talent in Patrick Kane. Yes, they had Hall of Famers in Duncan Keith and Marion Hossa and Jonathan Taves, but that was the core. So we're trying to find the core that goes with Connor Bedard. And again, we need to see. You know, he 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 was asked today. Ravi Basuwal from ABC Seven made the trek to Pittsburgh, and and he asked him a question this morning about you know being. Mentioned in the pantheon of, of Chicago athletes like Michael Jordan, Kane, and Taze. He's a, and Connor Bernard's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. You know, I'm 18. You know, those guys won uh, six cups combined between Kane and Taze, six championships with MJ. I'm I'm going to start doing my thing, and, and, you know, we'll see where things go down the road. But we can't get too far ahead of ourselves here. There are going to be some growing pain. Again, this surrounding and supporting task that's out there with Connor is not at a playoff level yet. And so I think you need to put all that together. What I will say is on any given night, when you tune into a Blackhawks game, I think you have a chance of watching 98 do something very special. And I think at the end of the day, as sports fans, we love to see greatness, right? We love to see elite players. We like the Tiger Woods, the MJs, the Gretzky's, and and the Patrick Mahomes. You know, whether they're on our team, of course we want them on our team, but it, it attracts us to the game. At least it does me. And it looks like we've got another one of those type of guys that don't come along very often in our town as – his journey begins tonight in Pittsburgh against the the player that was his hockey idol, Sidney Crosby. Think about this: Crosby started his career 18 years ago. Hmm. Connor Bedard was two and a half months old.
1: <laughs> it's crazy. It's crazy to think about. Yeah. I want to ask you too, uh, like what you were talking about about some of the other players on this team as well, even though they are far away. Because I don't, I think we need a primer. But more to that, and and less about his long-term, but PB, and I know what you said about his preseason. Preseason is different, though. Do you expect him to to star right away, right when the regular season starts, just him to just look different and to be that guy? Yes, I do. I, I think there's going
3: to be glimpses of it and flashes of it. I don't think it's going to be each and every night. Again, he's going up against the top line and the top defensive parents. It's not like they're hiding him
0: behind,
3: uh, you know, a Jonathan Taves in his prime. You know, the, he's he's the top line center. The second line center is is probably their second – Ranked prospect right now in Lucas Reichel. Uh, the, they're hoping, you know, they're building their their core down the center, and they're looking to have you know three great centermen and some elite defensemen. And we're going to see a lot of growing pains on the blue line this year. As like tonight, we've got three players in there that are considered rookies that are going to get the start tonight, and there's going to be mistakes. So. Uh, yeah, look. I, I think you're gonna you're gonna watch him, and you're gonna say to yourself, "Okay, I understand why everyone's talking about the shot." You'll watch, watch how he changes the angle and starts the puck wide, and then brings it closer to his body and tries to find the opening to use the defenseman as a screen, and how quick that release is, and where the goalie set up thinking he was going to shoot wide has to uh, transition and get in position to stop him as he changes that angle. You know, it's things like that, but are you going to see him go out there every night and and put up four points? Yeah, I I don't, I don't think so. Um, I think he's going to have a better time when it comes to assists. I think, I think he's going to be around 30 goals this year. And I think he's going to be north of fifty to fifty-five assists. Oof. I think he's going to be around eighty-seven or eighty-eight points in eighty-two games, wow. and that to me would be a hell of a rookie year. Pat, when you know he, what? I
2: was going to say, you look at him; he looks eighteen. When he talks, he sounds twenty-eight. Can you were that mature at eighteen, weren't you? Oh like, yeah! Like I mean, is his maturity and the way he handles himself every himself every bit as impressive as his actual on ice game?
3: It really is, and, and you know we hear that a lot, right? You're like he's a great guy, uh, you know, in the room or on the ice or on the field. He's even greater off. I can tell you, I've been in this town for nineteen years this is the first athlete where I've sat down and interviewed him and he's been younger than my oldest kid. (laughs) So like that right there was like, Oh, okay. Like I'm literally talking to uh, uh, a kid, (laughs) maybe a kid just a year younger than my oldest. And to think that he has been like, you know, he's only been in the Chicago microscope for the last handful of months. But to think that he's been, under the microscope of the country of Canada since he was 13. Like Wayne Gretzky called him at 13 to talk to him because he had heard about him. And to carry all of the weight through every stage, world juniors um, and uh, juniors last year, And now to the NHL. I don't know if you guys saw his scrum today, the media scrum in Pittsburgh. I haven't seen a scrum like that since, like, Game 7 Stanley Cup final type stuff. I mean, all of Canada is there and, you know, everybody from Chicago, ESPN. When was the last time you saw, and again, part of it's because ESPN is a rights holder and is going to carry tonight's game. But when have you seen a promotion like Bedard and Crosby sitting down uh, the, on Monday Night Football, talking about it several times throughout? Pat McAfee's show yesterday. I Connor Bedard was on his way to the airport, and he had a 10-minute conversation with Pat McAfee it's that was, was fantastic. Yeah. So um, what I love is, you know, in a – for a league that's been beat up a lot over the years, so sort the of way they handle things, it seems like they finally have figured out they've got to market the players, and it seems like the right holders, are rights holders, are on the same page there. So I, I love what I've seen between the NHL and ESPN and TNT and how they are trying to, to market that. And that's you know that's the other thing too. There's momentum with Connor Bedard because of social media. Kids that come up to me to talk about him, they've been looking at him on TikTok for three years or so. (laughs) So it's not like tonight's game is the first they're seeing of him. They've been watching him on social media for a few years. That is something I've never seen uh, since I've been covering sports.
1: All right, you gave us uh, their second line center, uh, the prospect. So give us a couple more that we need to watch for, other than Bedard.
3: Well, I, I will say this, you know, the they they brought in some veterans, okay. And Taylor Hall, who is a former number one overall pick, is going to be on the top line with Bedard and uh, Ryan Donato. Uh, Taylor Hall has played with other number ones; knows what it's like. Uh, to be under the microscope in Edmonton, what Connor McDavid and Dry Seidel have gone through. They also brought in Corey Perry and Nick Foligno, uh, both of which are going to be alternate captains. They're going to go without a captain this year. They're going to give the Jonathan Taves captaincy uh, a little time to breathe after that amazing 16-year run. And they're going to go with just alternate captains this year. And I think ultimately, Bedard will be named the captain a year from now or a little bit later down the road. But look at, at those, those veterans to have an immediate impact um, as, as far as helping Connor get adapted to this league. I, I think you're going to see times where Perry and Felino may skate with Connor Bedard as they try to figure out, you know, who should be up on that top line with him. On the back end, Alex Blasik, he's a Will Met kid. You're gonna see him. Kevin Korczynski. I heard you guys talk about him yeah, earlier. Yes.
1: I missed him. Damn it.
3: I mean, <laughs> hawk or no not a hawk. Eh, no, no. <laughs> By the way, I've
2: got reservations at Perry and Denino's tonight at eight thirty, so we gotta make sure we get out of here. <laughs> <laughs>
3: And uh, and Wyatt Kaiser is another one who's also I heard on your little uh, little game show as well. Uh, so those are going to be some uh, defensemen that you're going to see. Hopefully, take that next step. Korczynski, there could be a possibility that he gets sent back uh, to his team, Seattle, in the WHL because he's only 19 and not eligible to go to the AHL. So there's there's um, a lot of room for growth. I, I look at, I look at it this way. I think we're going to watch a movie this year that has an amazing actor in it. And his name is Connor Bedard. And you're going to be like watching the scenes he's in and you're going to love them. You're going to step away from the movie at the end of the night and go, okay, that's not an Oscar winner, but I still was entertained. What a performance though, by the lead actor. Yes. And that's kind of the way I'm approaching this season. We're going to be in the presence, I think of, of greatness or budding greatness. We're going to get to see it from the ground floor, and um, and I think you know pretty soon you're going to find out that the top athlete in the city of Chicago is is Connor Bedard. It's awesome.
1: That's really good stuff.
2: How happy are we for Pat Boyle that he's
1: got this? He's he's got this subject matter. We're we're happy for him. He's great at what he does, and you got like a great cast too joining you on NBC Sports Chicago this year.
3: And we absolutely do. Uh, Kaylee Chelios, Chris Chelios, Dennis Savard, Tony Granato was on the show tonight. A longtime NHL player and coach. Uh, He talked to Sidney Crosby this week about the comparisons between uh, Sid and Connor Bedard. Uh, We've got John Scott, the former Blackhawks enforcer, who is just a fountain of knowledge uh, uh, as far as the league goes. He's been doing a podcast that's been widely uh, successful the last few years, he's got a great story that their Mitch albums making into a screenplay, so he's going to be a part of it as well. Uh, we're going to have a lot of fun, and uh, hopefully, watching Connor Bedard and and this team take the next step uh, is going to provide for some some
1: great content and some fun nights. Awesome, PB, you're the best. Thank you, Pat. Enjoy tonight. We'll be watching. All right. All right. Take care, boys. Thanks you for go. having me. Good time. Patty Boyle's got the pre and post game on NBC Sports Chicago. The game is on ESPN. So we'll be talking about it. And we will be at Twin Peaks in Warrenville tomorrow to react to it. Join us tomorrow, 2 to 6. We'll be at Twin Peaks in Warrenville, two eighty two fifty two Deal Road in Warrenville. We're going to talk uh, to Black and Abdallah coming up next. I have, a, uh, I have a weird story for you guys next. You may consider it a sad story, I consider it a happy story. We'll react to it all Hmm. together in our crosstalk, brought to you by Steinhoffels, next.
0: Listen to us now, live on the ESPN Chicago app. Listen to the show in HD at 100.3 HD2 FM. Listen now on ESPN 1000. This is Waddle and Sylvie, ESPN Chicago, Chicago's home for sports.
1: One more reminder that we're at Twin Peaks tomorrow in Warrenville, 2-6, two 282, 52 Deal Road. That's tomorrow. Waddle and me both there for the entire show. It's going to be with the Nissan Titan Street Team. We'll have some nice giveaways, and uh, we're going to have a great time to break up the work week. Wacken of Dallas in here. It's brought to you by Steinhoffles. Yeah. Go visit Steinhoffles today. I go to the one in Vernon Hills, the brand new ones in Harwood Heights, just by the airport. We, we drove, boys. We drove by
9: one yesterday on our way out to yeah. uh, Naperville. Yes. We did, yeah. That's right uh, off the highway. Right.
1: The one in Downers? Probably, yeah. Right off of uh, yeah. 88.
9: Yeah. Did they give
8: you, like, a little couch to slap?
1: Do you have like oh, no, a separate big couch. slapping couch? Yeah, big couch.
8: Like I figured they would give you your your like a regular couch for you and then a little like a <laughs> one that you could slap.
1: We need no a bigger couch, couch to slap. Okay. We All need a right. slapping couch? No, yeah, no miniature couches. Couch, yeah. We need a full-size okay. couch to slap. <laughs> we need a full-size one. Um, did you guys see this? Um, I missed this story when it, when it first came out. TMZ had this. I think I and know what you're going to say. Oh, yeah. I didn't know mm-hmm. that there was a yeah. local story. Yeah. Oh, maybe not. While, uh, her name is Dorothy oh, yeah. Hoffner. Mm-hmm. She was 104 years old on October 1st here in the Chicago area. Yeah. she set the record for the oldest person to do a tandem skydive. Well, why are you guys
2: both? You got smiles on your faces. This, this isn't going to go well. When no.
1: when was this, Sylvie? October 1st. 1st. Ten days ago. Yeah. Um, she became the oldest living person to jump out of a plane when she was skydiving at Skydive Chicago. Um, the record is still being confirmed by Guinness, but Dorothy toppled the previous record held by a 103-year-old Swedish woman who jumped in 2022. Take that. <laughs> Ten days later, she has died. What? Always leave him laughing. Bleckett Abdallah coming no, no. up next. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. That's it. That's <laughs> it. She passed. Now I think this is a, this is a story of of love, and and I think this is a happy story that yeah. she was able to. Was this to, a response
2: to the sky
1: dive or No, this was just they, no. I think it was it just one hundred and four. I think when you are one hundred and four, you could yeah. die yes. in your sleep yeah. at any time. Okay. And they are saying this had nothing to do with the skydive. That it was just her time. What is the moral of the story? The moral of the story is. Live life to its fullest. Uh, that's waddle, great message. Yeah. And and, and <laughs> live life like it's your last day. If there I was her, I would have totally live life like Dorothy. Like,
8: so you said tandem, right? So she was obviously yeah. like yeah, she, she was, was, attached, attached, right? she was yeah. detached to someone. Yeah, I would have totally messed with that person. I would have been like, uh, I oh, gotcha, <laughs> uh, gotcha,
9: <laughs> gotcha. There she like, is, whole, right? That's not really nice. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, nice, Uh, (laughs) Sylvia. You think like we do because that was slotted in, I believe, a uh, seven thirty-five topic tonight. We were going to address Dorothy's gone, the
2: skydiver. TMZ is carrying this story.
1: I couldn't believe Uh it. It was number one on my Instagram. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. They're surprised she passed away at 104? No, like, I think it's just an update to the I'm, I'm story.
9: I'm surprised yes. it happened a week after she skydived. Okay. Like, the that's, that's story was yeah, she like, set
2: a Guinness record yeah. for the oldest uh, person to skydive. Uh, right. yes. 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 And by yes. the way, yeah. she
9: just passed away yeah. peacefully, yeah. having sleep. lived her life. Yeah. Yes. Fabulous. I give her credit, though. I, I will never skydive. No. I, I will no. never I'm not going to do what things, things. Why would I jump out of a perfectly good airplane? Absolutely. I'm not going to do things where I could die. Well, I always see the videos, like, <laughs> in my... Uh, TikTok. Well, you, you drive, drive, drive a yeah, the you drive.
8: yeah. It's more no, like I understand, no, but I understand that there's... Uh, I'm also surrounded by how many tons of steel and airbags and all that kind of stuff.
9: Like, there's a difference. My algorithm's always filled with these videos of, like... you looking at my crab chips? You're going to yeah, die we're, if we're you eat too many, many of these. Oh, We're going to eat later. these. They're just crab yeah. flavored. They're crab, crab chips. Crab. Apparently, they're big on the East Coast. No, I was going to say, there's always these videos of, like, the shoot-knot... Oh pulling or, yeah. or someone do you see the one with the paraglider the two people jump off of the the cliff paraglider oh the, that's, per, that's, the person who's the the worker is attached the the tourist who's a you just to, on? he he never got clipped in oh, no. so oh. he's just he's hanging on and then the guy has to hold him no. with a with a death grip oh to my hold goodness. on. What's the they, one where Was they, they, there a,
2: a pleasant ending to the story? Uh, he got injured pretty badly. Okay. They, they, got, they got low. That's not a they pleasant got low and he,
9: he dropped them and then he tumbled to the ground. What's the they, one they where the go, guys
8: have like, the suit on that make them look like the squirrel, oh, like yeah, the flying yeah. squirrels, where they just run and, and they like, slam into the They look oh, yeah. like they're like, this far away from the cliff yeah. the whole way down and then like the they wind eventually... Like, they, they got Batman capes. Until they
9: smack right into the side of the mountain. How
2: about the guys that go up the mountain and then set up their tent on the side oh, of the yeah. mountain and, and
9: sleep well, there. Well, you saw what happened it's today, crazy. right? It's crazy. We're going to talk about that, yeah, too. The guy who We're climbed the Accenture yeah. building. Yeah, free solo. He nah. didn't have anything with him. He just no, climbed Nothing up. free about that. That cost him you several nights in jail. You just climb up without. That's what he. That's cl- what he did. He yeah. did. Oh yeah. No. Yeah. He's done it before. He's done this all over yeah. the country. You know the Salesforce building in San Francisco, the the one that has like the dome at the top. He Same climbed guy. that without I anything. Mean, there's like a. Um, did you ever see free solo? That guy climbed up with nothing. 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 I'm not kidding. If you watch Free Solo, don't don't.
8: Your hands will sweat because you're so nervous watching that movie. can watch it. Yeah. That and I couldn't watch the. Um, I couldn't climb the gym rope. What's that movie where? <laughs> where's that movie where James Franco cut off his arm? 127 oh, that, hours. That nah, was a good one. Can't yeah. do that. Yeah. Mm-mm. I got. I got. got his arm, I got arm caught real, caught somewhere. I got yeah. real woozy yeah. Yeah. when he, it made, was that, he between, made that. Pinched uh, between two rock.
2: boulders. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. I don't think I could cut my arm off, even if I had to.
9: If It was that yes, or to would. live. I don't if like. Some. You had to. I'm getting. I'm getting queasy just thinking about it.
1: You would just die.
9: I guess. Just willingly sit there and not survive. What's wrong with you, you guys? Would do it this side of the room we would survive. You you did what, I would, look I would, what you did for the bears. I would let Sylvie gnaw off my arm. He's got all of his digits though. I'm not gnawing off your arm. <laughs> You'd let we him would chew live, your though. arm off? We would and I would do it to you. <laughs> and we would, and we would live. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> we would you what, guys would just what, what <laughs> you guys would
1: just be dead We're in We're the, the cave.
2: brothers.
9: Yeah. <laughs> hey, I hope you don't, guys
2: don't get caught. Never mind. Never
8: mind. I'm not even I'm not even putting myself in that situation no. where I would have to gnaw off my arm. Have you ever seen the caving like, y'all go videos? For, videos dude, on no, those give me so much. Like, um, so have you heard of this? No. It, claustrophobia. It, there are people uh, no. that
9: go deep into caves where you only have like oh I can't like no. twelve inches to get your entire body through. It's like it would be
8: like you being walked trying to get yeah, through. It, miles of an MRI okay, it's machine. That's not going to happen. Yeah. you, you got to see gonna this video. No. It's not going to happen. Right?
9: <laughs> it's what it is. <laughs> they they, can't, move, they, they can't move their arms. so they to crawl through, through miles through? of an MRI machine. <laughs> they're inching through with just their feet pushing them. You guys, no. them? You guys no. need to do like a survivor oh, yeah. thing like no. we
8: have with um, with Carmen no. for the Olive Garden, but Waddle has to do the entire show from inside an MRI machine. That would be great.
1: No. I quit.
8: <laughs> He's got a
2: comrade.
1: Thanks to Jeff name. Saturday, I Barstool, quit. Big Cat, and Good Time, Patty Boyle. Black and Odala coming up next. Jake Cantu today was in for Tyler. Jeff Miller was back. Thank you to those guys. For Waddle M Sylvia. it's ESPN 1000. Have yourself a great Tuesday night.